You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Happy Friday from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It is time for your Weekly Wrap-Up here on Friday, March the 6th, 2020. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Joining us as usual is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, uh, Craig, a rather subdued Eric Sprott for that matter, uh, uh, as we have to continue to focus on... uh, the coronavirus, unfortunately, and its impact on markets, uh, like I might have said last week, it's the elephant in the room, continues to be the elephant in the room, and I think going forward will continue to be the elephant in the room. But uh, uh, strangely enough, uh, we benefited a lot by the price of gold reacting uh, very favorably. Yes, that's for sure. And uh, we still have to keep paying attention. There's still a lot going on, and uh, work continues. So just a reminder, every month we have a segment here at SprottMoney.com called Ask the Expert. This month, the expert will be Rick Rule from Sprott, Inc., and he will be here to answer your questions. There's certainly a lot to talk about with coronavirus affecting the markets and the precious metals. So please email us any questions you have for Rick Rule at the email address. The word is submissions with an S, at SprottMoney.com. We'll try to answer as many of those as we can when we record that segment in about a week and a half. Uh, But we're recording a segment here this morning after the jobs number, which was probably the most inconsequential uh, jobs number that we're going to have for a long time. Um, Eric, of course, it was still used to to smash gold about 1% when it happened. (laughs) It was very funny, actually, the fact that... uh the S&P futures and Dow futures didn't change. The yield didn't change. But for some reason, gold was reacting to a number that has to be known to be totally meaningless. Like, who cares how many jobs were created in January or February when we have staring us in the face, when we have staring us in the face? I mean, it, it, it's crazy that gold would react. And, and the dollar crashed, too. Right. So, you know, all those things were... Uh, uh, we're not related, uh, didn't react to the price of gold, but uh, the, uh, the jobs number, but gold did. And, which takes me, by the way, to, you know, our my re-review of what happened last Friday when we went down, whatever it was, $60 or so. And I, I forget the low that we touched, but it might have been like fifteen sixty-five or some number like that. And um, so, you know, you reflect, well, what, what really happened there? Why did that happen? And... You know, I really think it was the last gasp of the uh, the commercials, probably with the knowledge that a rate cut was coming on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. This is on, on Friday now. Um, what are we going to do here? Oh, my God, if they announce a rate cut on Tuesday, we're going to get our heads blown off in the gold market. Okay, why don't we just hammer it and run all the stops again? And we've seen that before. I've talked about this running of the stops before where – you know, it's the, it's the one last gasp where maybe you can reduce your short by 10 or 15% by having gold perform in a ridiculous manner. And I, with retrospect, hindsight now, I think that's what happened. And uh, ever since then, of course, it's been straight up pretty well every day. Um, whether it's markets, stock markets going up or the stock markets going down. And, of course, when it goes up and down, it's not a little anymore. It's always seemingly quite dramatic. But gold's uh, really hung in there and performed its role as a safe haven here, as has the bond market, by the way. So you look at financial markets, and uh, we have quite a dichotomy in the sense that 
the bond market is just rallying like crazy, and there's more, a lot of money in bonds. Uh, the gold market is doing incredibly well. But on the other hand, you have stock markets around the world and now in the United States that are declining rapidly. So there's quite a juxtaposition there. That's for certain. And, you know, I didn't, regarding today, I'd encourage anybody, while you still can, uh, go to any of the free charting services, pull up a one-minute chart so you can see it broken down minute by minute. And notice that the smash in gold actually began at uh, uh, 8.29 Eastern Time, uh, one minute before the release of the jobs report. find that interesting, of course. As you noted, nothing else moved besides gold and silver. And Eric, let's before we uh, uh, move away from this, too, I want to point out and, and get your comments on the fact that that big downdraft in gold, you know, uh, to the extent it was pushed along by bank traders, also cleared out a lot of folks that maybe had come in the last couple of weeks and, and uh, were subject to margin calls and, and uh, reasons to liquidate. Now at this point, all of those traders, uh, it, we got to get all the way back down below 1570 before they're feeling the, those same pressures. It's sort of interesting what's happening, and I kind of watch the open interest every day. And typically, when the price of gold has gone up, the open interest went up because there's the commercials trying to keep it from going up. And there have been days when the the stock, the sorry, the gold's gone up, but the open interest has gone down, which really means that the commercials have been participating in the rally. And you know, they, they, their trading is, is much much different now. Like I don't know that they they really want to stand in there because. You know, I think the world knows, and then those who, and most of the world like to own physical gold, not the paper stuff that the commercials are selling. Uh, the commercials know that the world likes gold here, and it's a safe haven. And the, I can tell you just by what Sprott Money does, for example, and other um, coin sellers that you hear from. I mean, it's pick, the business is really picking up here. So I, I think we might have a very interesting case for gold, particularly. Uh, with the outlook for the market that we'll discuss when we maybe get into the coronavirus. Yeah, and we might as well just go there now. The, you mentioned the bond market. That's so important. Uh, the 10-year note in the U.S. now down to something like 65 basis points in yield or 70 basis points in yield. The entire U.S. curve now has a negative inflation-adjusted yield. When I last spoke to Rick Rule, he talked about how important that is because the Treasury bonds are kind of competition for gold, and now they have a negative real return. Um, that's important. You know, and Eric, I didn't, we haven't talked about this yet. As I was waiting for the, the jobs number today, CNBC was talking about rumors they're hearing of a fiscal stimulus plan from the U.S. government that could be as large as a trillion dollars in deficit spending. <laughs> well, <laughs> Maybe I should start off this way. As you know, I have been uh, suggesting that this is a very, very major concern for a number of weeks now. And it's the the amount of concern that we all should have. And the question in my mind is, you know, do you get an economic contraction of major proportions, 10, 20, 30 percent decline in GDP? And, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's crazy, okay? Well, let me ask you this. What do you think the GDP in China did in the month of February? Not what they'll report, but what did it do when you have half a billion people not moving, not producing? You know, these are massive declines that will go on here. And as this 
coronavirus spreads, and of course we're seeing numbers increase quite rapidly, particularly in the United States, who initially had a very, very poor testing system. And now that the testing system seems to be more improved and online, of course, we're getting numbers. I think we got 233 cases now, up from about 20 a week ago. People are going to start reacting to this. We see it in the stores. We see the stories about Costco. We see the stories about drugstores that have run out of hand sanitizers and wipes and stuff like that. Um, and, of course, we hear about all these companies saying, well, work from home, work from home. Well, you know, if you work from home, it's, it doesn't have the same effect on, on uh, GDP as working at an office. You're just sitting there working in your pajamas, okay? You don't have to go out and uh, maybe I should put it this way. You, women don't have to go and get their hair done because they're sitting there w- working at home. So yep. it does slow things down. They're not going to go, don't need to go and buy a new dress or anything. So yeah, I dude. think that... I think that the effect on the economy could be devastating. Um, I watched an interview of a gentleman called Cliff High, who was interviewed by Bix Weir, and I would suggest that our listeners should look that up on YouTube and make sure they see that. Cliff's a very uh, smart guy. He sees things ahead of time. One of the things he questions, and one of the things I've been questioning, I just don't know how these numbers are going down in China. I mean, we have 91 countries in the world, all of whom have growing numbers, and every province in China is going down. How do you do that? That's almost like it's, I can't believe it, really. And, and and maybe it was one of the biggest con jobs of all time going on with these Chinese numbers, uh, because this is not an easy thing to contain. So um, I'm of the school that it, that it gets worse. Uh, we had, uh, for example, uh, in the last 24 hours in Iran, that 1,200 cases in a day. Like, man, it's out of control. So uh, until someone sees that, that they, you can control it, I mean, it's an epidemic that, that's becoming a pandemic. So, you know, react accordingly. Yeah, and, and, and Eric, if you would, take a couple of minutes and discuss the interconnectivity of all of these different markets, not just country to country, but within countries, you know, the, you know, the not only equity markets, but the oh. fixed income markets and the high yield markets and how economic activity is important to yeah. some of these high yield companies and the, you know, even like the falling sure. oil price because of the declining global economy and what that impact that has on the shale industry and how heavily indebted they are and all of these different things and how it's all connected. Well, it's kind of shocking in a way when just put yourself in a position of, let's say, take an oil company and you got debt. Well, how do you deal with this with the price of oil in the 40s? You know, it was 70 not that long ago. Now it's in the 40s. And you, you, but your debt's the same. And in fact, your bank's getting anxious. Uh, we should point out that the uh, high yield market is down this year so far, while the bond market's rallying like crazy. So people, people the, the bond investors are seeing through this thing that, yeah, there's bonds and there's bonds, okay? And you don't want to be owning high yield bonds because those companies are are very, very vulnerable here. And of course, weakness begets weakness. That's, you know, somebody loses their job in an airline. Well, you know, somebody else, some restaurant loses a customer sort of thing. And it just feeds on itself. So, and the stock market going down affects the economy. And it's just showing no signs of stability whatsoever. So, uh, you got to be uh, very, very careful here. Uh, if I was to give anybody advice, first thing is to get rid of your margin debt. 
if you have margin debt. And, um, I mean, we'll see whether the gold stocks can make it through here. They, they've acted quite well this week in particular. Uh, I hope they continue to do so. And I think gold will still be the, the great asset that it is because if people are going to be more concerned about just trying to hold their own. Just get into stasis. Don't lose money, okay? And there's so many things out there where the odds of losing money are quite high right now. Yeah. Uh, I have several questions about some of our favorite uh, companies we often sure. discuss. Before we get there, anything else on your mind you want to tell everybody about? Not really. Just keep your mind open to uh, the impacts. It's, it's the, uh, the supply disruptions can be devastating. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've seen things where you know a, a phone has 32 parts, let's say, and you're missing the 31st. Well, now there's no phone or a car. Right. Right. has whatever, 1,800 parts, and you're missing two of them. Right. And so now you can't produce a car. Uh, the, the drugs that we rely on, that strangely enough, are made in India and China. <laughs> what, what's going to happen there? you got to get in front of all of these things here. And, you know, even today uh, as we talk and uh, the, uh, the jobs number is supposedly great, and meanwhile, the Dow futures are getting clobbered. Right. People are seeing through this stuff, okay, that there's – we have big problems facing us in the very, very short term here. God forbid that we, we get another number where, for example, in the U.S., we, we tack on another 50 or 100 coronavirus cases overnight. Like, that's just – wow, it's out of control here. i got to batten down the hatches. So, yeah, well, yeah that, that's, that's why we, those are the key things. And that's why we've seen so much equity weakness on Fridays. You know, who wants to be long over the weekend? I would imagine that'll be part, and that'll be cooked oh, yeah. into the stew again today, too. All yeah, right, my friend. you get three days, right? You get you get uh, Friday's results from the corona, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. You know, whoa. Yeah. It's going to be a lot, could be a lot to deal with. All right, a, a little inside baseball here. I get a list every uh, week of the questions that are submitted about, you know, drilling results here and, and uh, you know, what do you think of the earnings there, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, my friend Eric is so busy like any other normal, rational person concerned with his virus. I was telling him about stuff today that he didn't get a chance to see. <laughs> so yeah. so the questions, uh, we, we can't go through a lot of these because, frankly, um, I mean, Eric, we talk about the Otis Gold Exelon deal, but have you, you haven't really had a chance to look it over, that sort of thing. No, no, I haven't. In my defense... I, I want to deal with the elephant first, and we'll deal with the, right. the you know the little things later. But and I know Exelon was taking over Otis, and I signed on to agreeing to it. I'm going with the management, but you know, for me to say that I'm up to date on exactly what Otis brings to the table, I'm not. Right, and some random company, you know, that we've discussed at some point, maybe a drilling result that just has to go on the back burner for a while because we're preparing for all this stuff that's yeah. coming over the horizon. But there are a couple of things I know you can comment on. One, a, a lot of folks asking about. Uh, your Kirkland Lake position and some of the filings yeah. to sell some shares you made there, just wondering what yes. your thinking is. Sure, sure. I'll tell them exactly what my thinking is. I do have a margin balance, and I want to get rid of that margin balance because I can guarantee you that in times of stress, you don't want to take the phone call. And the phone call goes <laughs> like this. Uh, we've reviewed your account. We decided we don't want to be in the margin lending business anymore. You know, we're going to liquidate your account. Not that I have a big margin balance. I don't. But 
things can happen like that in times of stress, okay? Yep. Like, the bankers get stressed out, too. So uh, that's why I said earlier, you know, you got to make sure that th- that is a very, very modest balance and you're not, the, you're not the first guy on the list. So that's exactly why I've done that. Uh, get rid of some a big chunk of margin and, uh, and, and sort of batten down the hatches. Is, I mean, I've seen people say, oh, Eric is just selling what Kirkland Lake is buying back. Well, there's no question they have a buyback. There's right. no question about that. Uh, and, of course, I have nothing to do with that. I'm not on the board. I have right. no input on that. Uh, I've had no input there for uh, like nine months now. Mm-hmm. So, um, But, you know, one thing that, that we all forget with the price of gold where it is today, it's essentially a record high, recovery high, a record for this year. I mean, the money these guys are going to make. Yeah, yeah. The cash. Is it any wonder they said they want to buy back 22 million shares, which is whatever, eight or $900 million worth? They might have cash flow of a billion and a half this year. Yeah. Like, it's just, wow, what that, a beautiful environment. That's 10 or 11 times what, what you were repositioning, as we might call it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, you yeah, got they're, it. They're not canceling each other out. No. All right, uh, and then the other big news was this merger announced between Wallbridge and Balmoral. What do you think there? Yeah. Well, I was a Balmoral shareholder because it seemed to me that the gold endowment would extend off of the Fenelon property over onto the um, Balmoral property. They had some good drilling. They've had some good drilling before. They had they had a whole, I think it was in 2015, this Balmoral now, of uh, 44 grams over 19 meters. That seemingly they couldn't follow up on, which I'm sure our friends at uh, Walbridge will be following up on. Uh, I mean, you're in the Abitibi. You got detour 75 miles away. You got Fenelon shaping up to be, you know, a very serious uh, ore body. And uh, Belmoral owned most of the land between. So I think it was a, a very timely move. Um, and I think the convincing thing is, you know, I think just the Balmoral manager, I think you'd be better off owning Walbridge than owning Balmoral. And I I couldn't agree with, with that logic more. So I'm happy that the people at uh, Balmoral agreed to it. Uh, we'll all end up with uh, a greater interest in Fenelon. So uh, looking forward to that. Do you think, Eric, there's any chance that deposit could be large enough that the combined company might just say, you know what, heck with it, we're going, we're going alone, we're going to start production on this thing? Or are they still more like a takeover candidate because there are resources? It depends how big it gets, and it depends on the, the quality of the ore body, although I do believe they have potentially three ore bodies, the high-grade underground Tabasco, the lower-grade uh, open pit in Area 51, and perhaps some some um, uh, some other underground that's not quite as uh, as high grade, but bulk tonnage underground. Uh, if it becomes very huge, i.e., more than ten million ounces, which I hope it will and expect it will, then I I don't think they might would have a choice to make. Uh, somebody would probably come in and just bid for them, yeah. and it might be over. We'll see. We'll see who agrees to it and doesn't agree to it. Um, but they could start production. I mean, the, the upper Gabbro there, which they had some results from that upper Gabbro in the last uh, exploration release they had, and they were, of course, stunningly good again. But uh, there's a, a beautiful high-grade deposit right near surface that I think they could easily go back into production, if only for the short term. 
But if the Tabasco keeps getting bigger, and there, and, and the, there was, of course, the press release of the new drilling. Now, it wasn't as flashy as before, but it extended the ore body along strike by at least 100 meters. 100 meters increased the size of the ore body by 25%. They, they look like they're encountering gold deeper than they have before, unassayed yet. And a couple of their flashy holes they haven't announced here. They've got some uh, ones that uh, the 120 footer, uh, sorry, 120 meter one they haven't uh, revealed yet. So I think there's still lots of good things to happen there, and the ore body just keeps getting bigger as almost every time they put bring out a news release, it gets bigger. So I'm I'm happy for the uh, the merger, and I'm really looking forward to lots of great results now on a much expanded property. One last one that we uh, haven't discussed for a while but also had some interesting results in, uh, down in the uh, Pilbara region, if I believe, or at least in Australia, mm-hmm. is De Grey. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah. Well, I, I saw the drill results, which was quite stunning. I think there were like 40-meter intersections of five or six grams near surface. So it would could be it was open pitable. Uh, stock's done quite well here uh, in the last little bit. So uh, that that's a great start to... Uh, potentially coming up with a, a real interesting uh, and sizable open pit ore body. And, and, you know, and Eric, let's just wrap with this. I'm looking at my list. <clears throat> Excuse me. There must be three or four questions here. Just people wondering about what you recall from 2008, if this is even comparable to that, in terms of the financial crisis, how the miners and the metals fell sharply to begin with, and then came back. Uh, what would you know? What, how would you advise your family members? You know, if they own mining stocks yeah. as a hedge against what's coming, yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I think the big difference this time is that the guys running the show might lose control. Back in '08, because of the huge Fed bailouts, the guys running the show kept control of things. Okay, even though it was a disaster economically and financially, and I always like to remind people that back in 2009, Citigroup traded at a dollar, and I bought it there, okay, having been short for a long time. Of course, I got bailed out. But, you know, any bank stock trading at a buck, the guy's broke. Right. But they didn't let him go broke. And, and the problem is a lot bigger this time, I believe. And you know, it's like when you get your rate cut and the market crashes 700 Dow points. It's because we have a different problem. We don't have a problem with control with control of the financial system. We have a problem with uh, trying to control the economy here. And the economy might be so devastatingly weak because of this that the former control that everyone had over stocks is lost and the control they had over gold is lost and gold all of a sudden goes to where it should have gone through the whole time because there's not some guy sitting there pounding it because he's got more important things to worry about than the price of gold. That's right. For every uh, and gold has come back as we've been uh, talking, which is Very nice. Nicely. Back up to sixteen eighty five or six. Uh, yeah. Stock market's getting ready to open, and it looks to be down about a hundred S and P points. And so it's going to be a very interesting day. Um, I guess we'll just kind of wrap up there, Eric. Any final words of wisdom for everyone? Be very careful and do a lot of serious thinking and planning about uh, how you're going to deal with what's likely to transpire here if we end up with a pandemic. That would be my advice. And it has nothing to do with dollars. Exactly. All right. Thank you, my friend. Hey, and before we go, you know what? I think it'd be fun just to thank everybody uh, for listening to us each and every week. I mean, the, the size of our audience keeps growing, Eric, which I know they're all tuning in just to hear me. Uh, but regardless of, of that, um, we get more and more people 
We get more comments. We get more questions every week. Please keep them coming. We try to get to as many of your questions every week as we have time for. But also, please, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, maybe like us on things like YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you're listening uh, right now. We appreciate it. And uh, please keep checking back. As long as we've got a Skype connection, Eric and I can keep doing this on every Friday from wherever we might be. Uh, uh, Eric, all the best. I hope you uh, have a great weekend and you're able to use your time wisely. Well, maybe I'll even find some time to study some of the, the gold stock that I have not been paying much attention to. So I'll look forward to that little bit of quiet time and, uh, Let's see what happens with this market. I mean, these, these markets, when the, the Dow crashes a thousand and gold goes up by one and two percent, are kind of uh, what we've always imagined. So I think we have one of those days to look forward to. Sure looks like it. All right, my friend. Have a great weekend. Okay. Take care, Greg. And from all of us, it's Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next Friday. <laughs> 